Don't cost nothing but time. <laughs> That's right. All right. All right. All right. Red Crusader already jerking off in his pants. Where the hell are you guys? Dude, we have to do it the way we do it on Let Them Burn, which means we are fashionably late. That's how it always rolls when it's that time. But here we are. And today we're going to we're going to role play for a minute, guys. In fact, this whole episode is probably going to be one big LARP. But we're going to role play for just a moment here. And what we're going to say is it is not 2020, like December 3rd, 2020. No, we're going to say it's December 3rd, 2025. So we're jumping ahead five years into the future right now. Okay. So this little conversation I'm about to have with my fellow uh, enthusiasts here, my fellow shed builders, is five years down the road. Okay, so here we are, and all I can say is, guys, god damn it, I'm so glad that I found shed masculinity. I got my shed, I was able to, to get it built, and before I ever knew about sheds and masculinity, I was lost. But man, those years of like 2018 to 2022, those had to have been the golden years of masculinity because it was all about the shed. And I know Bullrush is a big fan of aluminum sheds, and I hate to say it, brother, but you're wrong. It is not an aluminum shed that makes the man. It's a concrete shed that makes the man. So, and I know Nick kind of likes his wood sheds because I know before the show we were comparing notes and we were looking at some stuff online and I, I'm pretty sure Nick was going to order one of the tough sheds. Not a bad choice. Get it in the barnyard red because that's, you know, we're red-pilled. We got to show our masculinity and nothing says masculine alpha male, uh, a, you know, a, a true high-valued man than a red tough shed that's what i'm thinking so that's where we're at guys it is the idea that what in the fuck would we ever have done if it hadn't been for guys running their mouths on the internet from their sheds because nothing says masculinity like a shed uh she shed he shed we all she shed the shed well, we could have west Sid saved already they weren't fucking around <laughs> I know that. Shit. well i'm uh uh you know, for my part, I'm just I'm just going to go ahead and say that I I repent from all my criticism of power dadding and patriarching. And since I since I ordered the shed, the wood, red, whatever shed, it actually looks like a little it actually looks like a little barn. It's got white trim on it. It's you know it's like it's, oh you went for the classic masculine fashion. I like it's, it. It's the shit. And <laughs> did they call it the Amish? Huh? Was it the Amish? Line no, they called it the um, the the big ball. Big ball. Big ball. Yeah, <laughs> the big ball shed. <laughs> because it's got a it's got, like there's a you can get it. The the floor has a place where you can remove floor panels because your balls hang down so low because <laughs> they're so big and heavy, and that way you don't get splinters. Because most people don't realize this, but I'm usually not oh, wearing pants. I'm not usually wearing pants under here. I'm just I'm shirt up, and that's about it. And uh, so I like to broadcast, you know, bottomless. And you know, when you get older, and when you have balls as big as mine, they just tend to they tend to scrape against those floorboards and get splinters, and that's not that's not good for anybody. <laughs> 
Well, that's uh, it, folks. We'll, we'll see you next week. <laughs> All I can say is I want to make like a little jingle so we can make like a little intro commercial or something that would say like, where would we be without shed masculinity? <laughs> You know, and, and that's all it would be is just something like that. <laughs> well, we need, you're, the, you're the creative guy when it comes we'll get, to that shit. So we'll get the million dollar cat chorus. We need well the first thing we need, the first thing you need, Rob, since you have the you know, you're the video electronics expert and audio can be fed into that. You need one of those systems like Donovan Sharp has where you can you can hit a button. And then it, you just hear shed, or you know, <laughs> let's go to the shed. Oh God! You know what? I know. might actually be able to rig up my uh, MIDI controller. Let's this go guy. to the shed. See this guy right here. This I actually think from what you're talking about, I think I could rig this up to actually do that. Is that an Atari? It, uh, it's an Akai. Oh, that was an Atari. No, it's an Akai, but it's a. MIDI keyboard drum machine basically and I have a feeling that if I if I fucked around with it in the uh, the uh, digital audio workstation that came with it I could probably get it to do that and then the trick is is to bypass it somehow into the main speakers or through the microphone so that StreamYard would pick it up and then that way I could press a button or turn knob and it would do exactly what you're saying Nick. Yeah. But I have a feeling I think that's a possibility. Maybe we even have. Maybe you even have a, se a section on the show when you're hosting it. Where <laughs> we're going to the woodshed. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, you know, I you figure. Know, I, I, I like it. Take the interns to the woodshed. I uh, think Freeman is right. No, the, the interns aren't allowed in the woodshed. That's that's a total male space. Matt said teenage kids are leaning in our beta. I happen to agree, and I'll take it a step further. I think if you don't if you don't build your car from the, from the frame up, as well as your own home, you're just not alpha, dude. So go kill yourself. Or something like that. You know, my father would probably agree with part of your statement at least. The yeah. building your car from the frame up, because that's what he does. So yeah. that part, I think he would probably get behind that message. You know, because that right. that is peak masculinity right there. Is it one of the rules of Getting into the Hell's Angels is you have to build your motorcycle completely up from parts. No, if it was, they did away with that a while back, if that's the case. That's not part of the, the deal anymore. No. That ain't got shit to run with running dope, man. You can have any motorcycle you want. No, that's not entirely true either. You still have to have an American-made motorcycle, so... Yeah. It's, you know, Harley Davidson, obviously, uh, an Indian if you're highfalutin, or you can even do one of the British Triumphs, and they're they're okay with that one. But anything else is nope. So, no, that's building it on your own type of thing. Like I said, I, I don't recall that ever really being a thing. I do know that uh, a lot of the, since we're going to talk about MCs for a minute, that if you ever notice patch holders, guys with the, the vests, the cuts with the back patch on them, and especially if they're 1% clubs, a lot of times you'll know they're bikes because they'll have stickers on their bikes that will say the name of the organization they belong to. 
uh, there'll be paraphernalia on the motorcycle itself. Well, part of that not only is to identify kind of a, as a, uh, if you fuck around, you're going to find out type of warning. It is also in some clubs, not all of them, but in some clubs, the bike becomes property of the club. Yeah. So if you decide to leave, you don't get to leave with your bike. Nope. Yeah, I had a, I had a buddy of mine a couple months ago, his, uh, a friend of his dad, uh, his friend's dad died and his dad was a he, he was basically a semi semi-retired bandito hmm. and uh he was a chapter president on top of it so uh they he had to go help him take his bike back there you go back. yeah chest has it nope grifters and dipshits grifters and dipshits power dads power dads power dad Beard in a shed. I'm a beard in a shed. <laughs> oh, well, I, I, have, I have to address the question. Nick Tubas brought up the question. Since he said, I'm curious to know what brought this subject up. The shed thing has been going on for a while. And in my honest opinion, it is a step up from, from recording in a subcompact car. Okay, McTubus, I'm not going to disagree with your assessment there. In fact, I would say it is a step up, okay? It's still ludicrous to me, which is why I was wanting to bring this subject up, okay? It's because I've noticed, I I wrote an article here last week. It's out on my blog right now. It was Monday's release called It's All Cyclical. And so what is old is new again. I'm seeing a lot of stuff from two years ago, three years ago, four years ago, making the rounds again, almost like it's brand new. And it's not that someone took a turd and polished it up and called it turd 2.0. They're getting lazy enough that, nope, they're just putting turd 216 out there again and going, hey guys, look, it's turd 216. (laughs) Yeah, I'm starting to see it uh, on Twitter. I've been there long enough now, I think a couple years. That's what yeah. I mean. It's all cyclical. A lot of the like red lines are the coming back. The ugly. Like okay. fucking make, make it stop, dude. Just make right? Pick something else. There's a whole bunch of shit. Like just pick anything else. Fucking okay. fat girls, single moms. I don't give a shit. Surprise! People still have alpha in their names. Well, yeah, and that's the that's kind of the whole point of all of this. Okay, because one of the things I've noticed that is kind of making the rounds again, that I'm like, oh my God, we're, we're back to this, is the man cave, okay? That all of a sudden the man cave is, is a topic again. It's never fully gone away, and I realize that. It's always kind of been, you know, in the background, on the low, kind of a hum in the background type of thing. But for whatever reason, it's showing up again. It's, you know, guys are talking about, oh, you know, you're a fucking beta if you have a man cave, you know, and oh, yeah, I'm Alpha Chadcock, you know, and, and my whole fucking house is my man cave. And it got me thinking about the shed. And I thought, wait a minute. The shed, or, you know, in feminist speak, it's the she shed, is just <laughs> another man cave when you think about it. The she male cave. Kind of, yeah. Because I. I, I you know what the funny thing about the thing about all this is I do have a shed. <laughs> well, and so do others, obviously. But you're not broadcasting. So full of shit, you know. I can't. I'm not going to get in there and 
sit in a chair. I got this whole house. So Well, there you go. Bull Rush can attest to this since he's been to my home. You know where my studio sits. My studio, my green screen, my lighting, my camera, the mic, all this other yeah, stuff. The back of the living room. It's the back of the living room, but it is front and center. That when you walk into my home, it's literally you walk around the corner from the staircase. You can't miss it. It's like, and people have been like, what the hell is that? And it's like, that's my studio. You know, mine's right dead in the middle of my living room. Yeah, I, I, I knew what it was. I just I just couldn't understand what all the fucking dildos were hanging off the damn walls and stuff. Well, I brought those out for you because I know you have this fetish for big black cock. And so I was like, I want you to feel at home. I don't want you to feel like a stranger. And I thought, well, Bullrush likes his big black dildos. And so if I pull out like four or five of these things, he'll probably feel right at home. And sure as fuck you did because you molested the cat not too long after that. <laughs> you know, this, uh, this shed is full of like, you know, the lawnmower and power tools and shit. And that's what I got in my shed. But See, and Matt, Matt's been in my house too. So he's seen <laughs> my studio setup. Okay. Minus the dildos because Matt's not much of a dildo guy. Hey, if so, I ever come over, I don't, I don't want, I don't need the dildos either. No, you're getting more than the dildos. I'm bringing out the rack for you. Yep. <laughs> so maybe you're gonna put me in the rack, but I don't even, I don't even have a blue wrench in the chat. <laughs> oh, you do not, do you? I can't host people in the chat, which is really. Oh, wild. we need to fix that then. All right, let me. You've you've already spoke, so I can just go in and make this happen. Well, you guys have been in this longer than I have. Where? Why did the shed become a thing to begin with? You know, I don't really know the origin of it, other than the individuals that uh, were broadcasting from a shed, mm-hmm. and so I found that I found that kind of you know kind of funny. Well, Bull Rush already has a wrench. Oh, I do. So, yeah, you do. You're you're a moderator on my channel. Okay, oh, yeah. Nick, you're now a moderator. Jesus Christ! You just let anybody in here nowadays. Shit. Pretty much. Sorry. I'm debating on if I, you know what I'm gonna. Matt Matt's been to my house. He can be a moderator. There. So everybody's a fucking moderator these days. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what the deal is. I don't even know why that's. Why is that even a question of like? man caves and shit because like i'm pretty good at history and stuff i've never heard that shit come up the idea is that if you you know if you're relegated to one room in your house you're not dominating your house well i'm gonna even go a little further when i was a kid when i was growing up my parents my grandparents they all had the same house they all lived in the same same roof like there was mom's place for her shit and there's dad's place for her shit just like there's grandma's place for her shit and there's grandpa's place for his shit. And the, the two streams never crossed each other. And everybody was happy. Why why has this gotta be an issue? They didn't talk about man caves and shit. They just had their own shit in their own space. When I was married, when I was married, I fucked my wife in every room of the house with the exception of my kid bedrooms. So Yeah, I did too. I, yeah. I did what I wanted where I wanted when I wanted. Yeah. All right, you hosed it down with testosterone and sperm. I don't, know why, right. I don't know why there's got to be a big deal made out of it, though. It's like, well, I'm going to tell you why, okay? Why the the shitting on the man cave, and this, this goes into the whole green lines and leaning in and all the bullshit, okay? It's all projection. It's all a bunch of bullshit. It's, it's what Ryan Stone has called Miller Lite masculinity, okay? 
in order to be a real man, you, you have to identify with certain products, certain services, and certain points of view. Okay, it, you know, it's it's like the meme you see when they talk about the like the redneck starter pack, and it's a guy that he's got his Ford F one fifty, his shotgun, his uh, John Deere tractor hat, and a can of uh, Skoller Copenhagen. Okay. That's Miller Lite masculinity. Oh, and he happens to drink Coors or Miller Lite, something like that. You just, you just describe like every other guy here in Texas. Yeah, down here in the South, that's just what almost everybody does anyway. <laughs> right. But it's it's also kind of a stereotype. Okay? Yeah. These guys didn't come up with it on their own. And that's the point, that most people don't have an original enough thought to say, oh, hey, you know what? I'm not going to let a beer or a hat or a t-shirt or a jersey or a shed or whatever it may be. I'm not going to have this thing be my identity. You know, that, oh, that makes me a real man because I'm doing it from the tool shed. Yeah. Or that makes me a real man because I wear a John Deere hat. You know? Yeah, the, uh, if you said anything like that to one, one of the guys I know that that's like that, they probably punch you in the mouth because they think yeah. you're retarded. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's, 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 that kind of gets back to my, uh, my thing about how all these guys that have their little, you know, push up groups and cold shower groups and all that kind of shit. There you go. Same thing. Miller Lite. I never, I never see them on a construction site trying to recruit, you know, dudes who just came off framing a house into their little world. It's always, it's always people who are online, you know, it's it's always people who are, you know, they got to be better at one minute after midnight than they were at one minute until midnight. And it's this whole kind of like, you know, intent, everything's, everything's just intensity about, you know, I'm constantly getting better, I'm constantly getting better, I'm constantly getting better. And all it is is mental masturbation. That's all it is. Well, I mean, if you're if you're not better, you know, let, let's say that if if you haven't improved your life, you know, I mean, your life should steadily improve. You yeah. Know? It should be. It should. You, you should but it's be not based right on now. how many cold showers you take and how many right. push-ups you do. I mean, you should be. You know, I don't worry about if I'm. How do you even measure if you're better today than you were yesterday? What a bunch of bullshit that is. But that's I mean, exactly what Miller Lite masculinity preaches. That's what shed masculinity is about. You you're be better hard. today because your beard's three inches longer. Because I'm in a better improve. position now than I was this time last year. That's good. And that means, you know, I'm I'm hitting what I feel like I need to hit. But are you harder to kill, though? <laughs> Say what? Are you harder to kill? That's the real question. Am I harder to kill? Yes. Yeah, are you hard to kill now? <laughs> Try and kill me and find out, motherfucker. Um... But asking for a friend, dude. What's the what's the protocol on who I can ban with my wrench powers? Because Red Crusader is is smarting off about so you did her in the crawl space lol. All right. Oh First Red wall. Crusader, he's he's just having fun because he's just he's a young lad fresh out of the cornfield. First of all, the mind. The fact that you use the word LOL means you're never getting an invite to my shed. And second of all, <laughs> That's probably for the better. I don't know. Second of all, that we don't have a crawl space. We're a, my house is slab on grade, so there is no crawl space. Smartass. <laughs> I did her in the laundry room. How'd that go? You turn the uh, turn the washer on. Ten nah. seconds. Oh, you just threw her up on top of the on the thing. Though. Okay. It wasn't even that. It was uh, we just needed a place to go where the kids weren't. 
<laughs> yeah, the laundry room's a great place because the fucking kids never go there. <laughs> Not at that age, they didn't. No, because, you know, they're filthy little dirty bastards. Because, like, when you're a teenager, you're trying to run around and trying to find a place to have sex, and you fucking get a little bit older and you get married and stuff and you, you, know, you get your own place and then you have kids now you're back to run around trying to find a place to have sex again there's a little bit of that and you know well i mean if they would have if they would have come in there while we were in there they'd have never gone in there again which, exactly maybe yeah. you should have let the little fuckers in there then well <laughs> there, there is something to be said for that i i guess well yeah sometimes experience is the best teacher letting them fucking see the horror firsthand usually cures them half the time you, you my problem was that until i hit about 46 47 really about the time i got divorced um i was still fucking horny all the damn time so we were constantly having sex behind locked doors everywhere else when the kids were home and trying to be quiet about it just because uh you know just because i had a a large appetite and then you know and then one day it just like got diminished by a third or half. I know nobody wants to hear about this. <laughs> well, no, that trust me, there's a whole bunch of guys that are part of the Miller Lite masculinity crew that I'm sure that are going to watch this video and they're taking notes going, oh, Nick needs TRT. <laughs> because your sex drive from the time you were, you know, knee high to a grasshopper till you were 46 you, you you had a hard on that you could pound fucking nails with and now after that one you know oh your tea dropped dude your your fucking tea it's your tea your tea dropped you, well, you got problems with your tea so we need to work on your tea bro i can i can still i can still you know i can still put in some uh you know some shingles with my uh i can still drive some uh you know roofing nails and the thing about but it's but it's it's not as it's not as constant which i actually like i mean i did get tested and i my my testosterone is a tad low but i don't mind because i can still you know i can still perform when i need to but i'm just not constantly horny all the time there which, you go which is a nice break actually yeah. I, you know it's, it's yes nice. that i would agree with you 110 percent start a magazine it's what are you able to start a magazine with the different with the energy? That's just and that's just one of the things that I accomplished this year in making myself better and constantly accomplishing and improving myself every day. Because there were a couple of days in the summer where, like on a Wednesday, I wasn't as good as I was on Tuesday, and I worried about that a lot. And backslid. I, I, back, I backslid. There was one week I backslid for almost a week, and you know. I was practically a trans woman at that point. Okay, so, uh, you know, hang on here a second. Hang on, hang on. Got to do this. Got to do this. Uh, since we're, we're doing this here, here we go. Because it's going to be that time. Let's put this in here. And I'm going to throw that up. So now it's time for Shed Confessional. Nick <laughs> just made a confessional to us about how he backslid for a week and almost became a bi-transgendered woman. Guys, uh, I I'm beta as fuck, man, because I backslid for, I think, like, I don't know, five, six months, something like that. Maybe I'm still on that backslide. I don't know yet. There are a couple of years from the last decade I don't even remember. So. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you, guys, I I've backslid so much because I, I gave up cold showers. 
I, I didn't. I, I just, you know, and I know Bull Rush. I know what you're gonna say. I know what you're gonna say. I'm, I'm waiting to hear it. It is. No one likes a quitter. There we no go. Quitter. quitter. No one likes a quitter, but I quit cold showers. You know what made the difference for me? What's that? It was about a year ago at this time that I got active on Twitter and all these guys that were saying stuff that I really needed to hear at that point. You know, there were a lot of tweets that would come up in my timeline that said, I don't know who needs to hear this, but, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, don't beat your meat every day. Don't, you know, whatever it was. And, and I was the person who needed to hear that. And so to all you dudes that, are, that have been pumping out a steady stream of common sense on Twitter for the last year. You pretty much saved my life and I appreciate it. My turn? Your turn. It's Shed Confessional. The fucking banner ain't gone. Get talking. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I ain't done shit. I make some razors. I think I've lost IQ points since being on Twitter anyway, so fuck you. Going <laughs> 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 to right group. <gasps> No, well, you know, Matt Freemat over there, who says he was around weak men. I had been in the service, found myself without friends, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I will say that being around a bunch of dudes that truly have given up, that is, that, that will fuck you up. Oh, because, absolutely. Because they want you to be as weak and as, and as, uh, you know, I don't know what the word is unmotivated I guess as they are and and that that is you know that's a good point because that is a that's not that's not going to help you at all that's no. that definitely the Marines, they'll motivate the shit out of you I promise they will motivate you who will the Marines uh, if, you're, if you're unmotivated go go see them they'll, they'll, they'll help you I'm too old they won't take me now same hmm? y'all should have that motivation stuff squared away though y'all shouldn't have that problem <laughs> well yeah I mean I I mean it, I mean, I know you're gonna die soon and shit, but you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I'm kind of ready. Bring it on, motherfucker. Um, that's that's why people who call me out, you know, if they want to come down here to Alabama and we'll go out in the in an island in the middle of a creek and we'll have a fucking you know um, old school duel with modern pistols and you know if they take me out, fine. I mean, I want to go on a you know Alabama the whenever I drove through it the first time one of the things I noticed was the the roads were like extremely nice. Is there what's what's going on with that over there? Like your main your main roads are like really nice. Like the they do, they do pave them a lot. They do pay they they repave them every I mean really it's almost every election cycle they're repaving roads somewhere. So this it's like the smooth it's smoother it's the smoothest roads of a state I've ever been and they were consistently like that. It was weird. Like the yeah, like kind of the interstates. Yeah, the interstates and even like some of the even some of the off off ramps, all the off ramps and stuff. They were all like pristine and everything. Like there was hardly a pothole or anything in them at all. It's not like not like Louisiana. Right? You know when you get into Louisiana, Louisiana, because uh, you'll feel it. Yep. I went in. I remember once we were going to. Uh, I was going to either New Orleans or Texas. Don't remember which, but whatever route I took, I remember getting into Louisiana, and then I saw an off ramp that had been started many years ago and never finished. So there wasn't an exit sign or anything. But as I drove by, you could just see the off ramp. It was in concrete, and and you could see it branching off off of the interstate and it just went to nowhere and i was like yeah you didn't duke the hazard that shit and just fucking drop 
or even think about it. I think that would be cool. Well, these were the, I, I was, you know, I was with my ex-wife and kids driving a fucking minivan. So no, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't do some hazard it. Why are you driving a minivan? Hey man, you know, I haven't always been the, I haven't always been the paragon of red pill virtue you see before you right now. <laughs> you, you haven't been the paragon of shed masculinity is what you're I have saying? Not. I, I had my, I had my extended blue pill phase as well. <laughs> I think. We know what the title for the next show is going to be. What? <laughs> the Blue Pill Minivan Years. <laughs> no, I did. I did have. A, I did have a. Um, I did have a. You know, pistol on my hip. Oh, well, that makes a difference. That you know that helps a little bit. But Was it a three eighty? Hell, fucking no! I've never even owned a three eighty. Really, you have not, dude. You know what? Okay. Now, I, I want to do it, but I'm afraid if I do someone down the road, not during the live stream, because everyone in the chat here, they're they're all they're all the million dollar chat holes. But seriously, I could see someone later on having a shit fit, but I have I would have to show you my 380 because I have a 380 and I don't give a fuck what anybody says about a 380. This Look, fucking gun is amazing. I don't want to get I don't want to get shot by a fucking 380. Oh, dude, it'll kill you dead just as much as any other gun will. Especially, especially these days, if you have a hot 380 load, fuck that, man. It's not about it's not about caliber. Well, there is that. Yep. No shit. Oh, fucking chest, dude. The guys, the you guys are on fire tonight, man. This is awesome. Yep. You guys gotta make a stream at the gun range. You know? Dude, you know what? That actually that would be awesome. badass. That's All right, about bad shooting guns and shit. You'd hear the the ringing in the microphones and whatnot. It'd, it'd be all muffled and shit for about a half a second to a second after a round went off. Oh my god, that would be that would be the shit. It's like what are you doing, doing burn from the gun range. There's a guy on YouTube that he does his videos from a gun range. I gotta say, well, we're better than him because we have shed masculinity. So we'll have we we can do a uh, we can do it in a shed at the gun range. You know, I've got a real range to look like a large shed. Yeah, you just have have people come in and shoot. <laughs> well, the pro shoot shot this shit at the range shit. that I'm a member of is uh, what? What? You're a member of a shed? There's the gun range that I'm a member of. We have a pro shop, and the pro shop is a big metal shed. <laughs> <laughs> it, it almost sounds like a golf club. You know, I'm I'm down at the you know at the club. Where's the pro shop? Metal, metal barn. What do you expect? You know, I've got a real love-hate relationship with Chess because he's one of my favorite dudes on on the internet. But he just compared me to Matt Foley living in a van down by the river. <laughs> so, fuck you and your shitty beer. Ooh. Oh, you know what, Nick? I'm gonna have to take. I'm gonna have to take issue with you on that because it was not shitty beer. Fuck you. It, it was some of the best beer, beer I've had. Oh, oh, Jesus! You and a sad Andy you wrote in on. You know, I do want to. <laughs> you know, I do want to. I do want to say that you know one of the things that irritates me about the whole uh, all this masculinity shit is and I've said this before, is that a lot of these dudes, and especially a lot of the most successful ones that I don't really care for too much, everything is is this hyperbolic statement that has no nuance, and it's like, it's like they need everybody to be in heuristic mode all the time. 
because I think that's that's one way you sell to people. You you oversimplify things so that you're either this or this. Then if you're not this, then you're that. Yep. You're yep. if if you lean in, you're a beta bitch. If you don't do this, then you're a loser. If you don't do that, you're a loser. If you do this, you're a loser. And only as a real man, you know, a real man would do this, which, you know, of course, is conveniently whatever that motherfucker is doing at the moment. Okay. That's where, that's why, that's why the title of tonight's show. Okay. It's not only kind of mocking and poking some fun at this whole concept, and it's not about any one particular individual. Although there are a couple of guys that, yeah, I could say, yep, that would be one of them. And everybody knows who we're talking about, okay? But it's not just that individual or that one or two guys. It's a whole fucking group, okay? And there's more than one or two. There's a whole bunch. There's just one or two that have kind of floated to the top because shit floats, you know, shit floats to the top type of thing. But here's the thing, guys. When I called it masculinity in the shed years, and, and literally, Nick, because you were like, oh my God, that is a great title. That literally just hit me like 30 seconds before I tweeted you to say, hey, man, I need you to make the thumbnail say this. It just like like a lightning bolt. It hit me. I was like, ah, this is the name of the show. Okay. We need to use the term, you know, because everyone talks about, you know, grifters. Everyone's going off about, you know, this guy's a grifter and that guy's a grifter. And then, well, here's the grift. And yet we're we're using grift as such a common term to encompass a lot of things when really grifting is is scamming. It's it's ripping you off. Okay. And so for me personally, when when I hear the term grifter being thrown around left and right, it, it kind of rubs me the wrong way because not everybody is necessarily like trying to take money out of your pocket. They're not trying to rip you off necessarily. Because there's a lot of accounts that I've seen say some completely asinine, stupid fucking shit. And they're not offering a course. They're not offering a book. They're not doing anything like that. They're just morons fucking LARPing on the internet is what they are. But that, to me, kind of is the definition of shed masculinity. And so, to me, that's kind of what I'm hoping to do here, that it's like... What's the takeaway tonight, guys, besides that we're having some fun, we're, we're dunking on some dudes, and we're, we're, we're laughing it up and having a drink and whatnot. My take from my point of view, for me, now I'll admit I have an agenda here. My agenda is that I want you guys to start looking at some of these idiots, some of these guys, these hyper, these uh, hyper, hy- hyperbolic or however you would pronounce it. That it's either black or white. It's all binary. You know, if you don't do this, if you don't take a cold shower, you're a fucking loser. If you lean in, you're a fucking loser. Okay. They're not necessarily grifters. Some of them are, you know, if they're offering a course to help you in your masculinity quest, they're probably a grifter as well as they are the, the white knight of shed masculinity, because to me, they all kind of fit that. That's what, to me, when it was masculinity in the shed years, is because there's been a lot of that. There's been a lot of that over the years, but to call them just straight up grifters, it's like, eh, not all of them are in my book. And and I don't I don't want to take the power away from the word grifter. And yeah. so it's like, eh, not everybody's a fucking grifter, but most of these so let's put it this way, not every not every shed masculinity guy is a grifter. Or actually, it's not every grifter is a shed masculinity guy type of thing. Okay, they're all shed masculinity, but not all of them are grifters. The thing that you're right. The thing that irritates me, and, and this and this 
this is actually, you know, what Chess says about soundbite masculinity, which is really good, um, is that there's, I see a lot of dudes on Twitter, because that's where I spend any online time that I've got, who there's almost this masochistic thing where they want to they wanna see stuff that, you know, tells you how sorry you are and you need to snap out of it. And they always reply with, man, I really needed to hear that today. And, you know, I've read a lot. Look, I've read, you know, I mean, I follow I follow people on on Twitter like you guys, like Chess, Ryan, a lot of these other dudes who, who put out some really good, thoughtful shit. And and I, I read that stuff. You know, I learn from everybody else and, and I appreciate all that. But never once have I looked at any of that and said, God damn, I needed to hear that today. To me, that right. sounds like shit that my ex-wife would have said or that my, you know, little spur girl would say and, and you know, shit like that. I, I don't get that whole well, thing at all. And, and I'm with you because I've thought about that over the last couple of years, too. And I've thought, okay, I, I've seen guys not only say, man, I needed to hear that, but, you know, I've even seen people get online and go, man, that was life-changing. That was life-altering. And I'm sitting there going, man, get the fuck out of here. Because the thing is, now, I'm not saying I haven't heard life-altering shit on the internet. I have. I've read it in, in certain books, very specific books. I've seen it in videos on occasion that, wow, I'd never thought about it that way. I've seen it in long-form blog posts on a rare occasion. I've seen it in live streams. That it was like, holy shit, wow, okay. I have never, ever seen anything fucking even close to life-altering on Twitter. Not almost, not at all. Almost everything I've seen, I've heard a thousand times before, maybe sometimes phrased differently, um, with, with, with a couple of exceptions. And the things that, that I've, not just off of Twitter, but off of like YouTube and and dudes in this space is, you know, and I, you know, I, I don't mean this in a, you know, I'm going to polish their balls kind of way, but it's okay know, to when, well, when like, you know, a lot of, especially when I first got into this space and Rolo would break, I started watching some of Rolo's earlier videos and he would kind of, you know, after reading the rational mail and I, and I saw how he broke things down in rational mail. Um, and the biggest weakness I probably had with women when I was coming out of my divorce was just sort of managing the relationship after you start dating people. And I, the thing I didn't want to do was get sucked back into, you know, that blue pill mindset or whatever you want to call it, you know. Yeah, you didn't want to go and, back to your old behaviors. That's right. And so, and so looking at how he broke things down, especially with like the different phases, that women went through because like, you know, from epiphany phase on up through, you know, in their early forties was the, was more or less, you know, my, my, uh, my age range for dating. And the shit he said just started lining up with what I was experiencing with all of that. And that did really help me kind of figure out conceptually where the, you know, what Barry Nishizawa calls soy ops, but where, where the, you know, where they were, where my frame was breaking down. And so being able to look at it that way did really help me a lot. Um, and, you know, with Ryan and, and some of those other guys, Carl, you know, all those guys talking about it, you know, to me, that was some, 
some interesting shit that I had not thought of before. And by putting it into practice, you know, it works for me. So I'm happy with it. And there and you so that kind of shit, you know, but none of those guys are really ever out there spouting a one liner, you know, here's how no. you, you, you know, here's how you do this. Here's how you do that. It's always with, you know, context and it's always, you know, sort of reflects the complexity of dealing with other human beings. And I, and I think, and that's one of the reasons why that I've benefited from their content as opposed to a lot of these other, you know, shitheads that say, here's how you, here's how you power dad. Here's how you do this. Here's how you do that. Yeah. The shed masculinity guys. Like, dude, I, you know, I raised two sons. I, I know, I know about all this shit and what you're saying does not hold true. It may. Well, yeah, you haven't hit the teenage years. You haven't had them go through a soft rebellion, which could turn into a hard rebellion. Get back to me when your kids are full grown adults and, you know, they may or may not be productive members of society, so on and so forth. Get back to me to then about how to parent. Until then, shut up and sit down. I mean, for me, it's it's all about. You're, you're absolutely right, but for me, it's all about. It's not that. It's not that I necessarily disagree with what they're advising. My disagreement is that ain't the only way to do it, and no. you don't have to do it that way in order to ensure that you're not fucked up and your kids are not fucked up. There's a there's a range of of behaviors and responses and all kinds of shit um, that it's all contextual. Parents do differently, and you're right, it's contextual based on the kind of person you are. There's a range of stuff that you can do. It's not, it's it's either this or this. And that's where, that's where, you know, I use the term grifter sometimes, and the reason I use that term, even though I agree with everything you said, Rob, I, I use that term because, in my opinion, they're oversimplifying something they don't fully understand, and they're doing it because it's easier to sell. They get better responses that way, and so that kind of boosts their, you know, economic or financial bottom line with what they're doing. It's not necessarily intentionally. I want to scam this dude. Right. It's, it's people who are. Here, here's a good example. You know, I, I left my job at the beginning of the year, as we've talked about before, and and I've pretty much been able to just kind of you know do my own thing this year. I'm not out selling a course trying to tell other people how to do that because because I engineered this situation based on my life experience for myself. And if if you haven't gone in the you know if you haven't don't have the sort of the breadcrumb trail that I have, what I have to say probably isn't going to help you anyway. Aside from the general abstract shit that everybody says already, so I'm not going to get out there and try to coach people on something that I've been building towards for a while. Um, and and that's that's kind of the thing, you know. Guys have you know kids for a few years, all of a sudden they're experts on parenting and discipline and whether to spank or not and what you're supposed to do you know here and there and it and it that's the kind of shit that kind of irritates me because they're giving you know it's almost like yeah do it this way and it's going to work for you but what really works for you is figuring that shit out for yourself and having a little common sense about it and it's all it's all still trial and error for the most part you can get into extreme behaviors and yeah you shouldn't do that 
you shouldn't beat the snot out of your kid. You know, there are all kinds of shit, you know, you shouldn't do. But in the range of normal behavior, there are a lot of different options and a lot of different ways you can go. And a lot of people want to oversimplify that because I think it helps themselves. And I, I just think that's, I don't think it's dishonest, but I do think it's a little uh, immature. Or, well, if they're on Twitter trying to do that shit, you know that they don't know what they're doing because a lot of that stuff have has so much to do with context and nuance that if you were to explain it properly you couldn't do it on twitter you know and uh a lot of the concepts especially with parenting you, you can't put it inside of a twitter thread at all you know? you're right and you're then right. They, so i see what i understand what they're doing it's just they make themselves look worse trying to do it you know because it's, it's like you can't you can't tell someone else what's best for someone else's kid you can get you can tell them like well this is what i tried and it worked with my kid but then there's always the your mileage may vary with with all that stuff you know right that's why i like i like ryan stone's approach because he always talks about what he does as and, and his his men's community or whatever it is that he's got you know he calls it men swapping notes mm -hmm. and to me that's the approach you know everybody you you you, you hear you know, from other people's experience and you add that to that, you know, it's like you have this ball of information and knowledge and you continually, as you go through your life, it gets bigger and you, you find new shit that is valuable that you stick onto that. And so you have something to refer to and you have other options and new ideas and, and all that is great. And that's why I like that men swapping notes approach because that's really what what is helpful. And you know, it becomes obvious whose notes are better than others. You know, if you're if you're being critical about it, and and some people's notes are better than others. But taking that approach, I think, is is probably the best way to do it because you even the most knowledgeable person has a blind side, blind spots. You know, shit that they've never done before. So you just you got to be careful with you know who you listen to just because you know there's a lot of people talking shit out there and and yep. you know chess chess said you know i'm you know i'm a good parent because my son is good at baseball you know i, I was a baseball dad and i coached and shit for for many years when my kids were younger when my son my older son was 12 and i think the opening opening day he hit the first time up at bat he had a line drive into the center field fence and then his next up at bat, he, you know, just hit it out, you know, his first home run ever, and which I thought was cool. But I didn't run around teaching people how to teach their kids how to bat. And I didn't go LARPing about what a great parent I was and what a great coach I was. Because the truth is, he hit that shit out because he'd been playing baseball for six years. And he, he grew that summer. He got bit or that, that winter. He got big. So by spring, you know, he had a few inches taller than he was before. He was a lot stronger. So when he went up to hit the ball, of course, it went, you know, all the way out of the fucking park because he grew. <laughs> Testosterone. Now, I could, I can, right. And I can take credit for, yeah, I fed him and took him to the doctor and shit. And, and I helped, you know, I pitched some batting practice. Dude, but it, it was all you. It was all you because you were a good dad. <laughs> I was a great dad. And I, and I still fucking am, motherfucker. No, but seriously, that that was it. I mean, it was like... You're going to be a great grandpa now. Huh? You're going to be a great grandpa now, too, huh? Well, I hope I'm not going to be a great grandpa. Or <laughs> an all right one. <laughs> yeah, half-ass decent one. 
Good God, if you were a great-grandpa at your age, Nick, your fucking kids would have already popped out a couple, and those kids would be popping out a couple. Jesus. I will say that, you know, when my when my younger son was born, because my older son's adopted, I didn't make him, but my younger son, when he was born, you know, the first thing he did was snatch the scissors away from the doctor. He cut his own cord and started hitting on the nurse. So we do we do start young in my family. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> when you say hitting on her, you mean like running game on her or like punching a bitch yeah. in the face? Oh, okay. yes. Okay. He, he was running game. I think he did slap her ass, but he was running game. Yeah. It's not bad. Good start. <sighs> uh, you know what, Chester? Your baseball dad. <laughs> I, I think I know. Yes, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. It, see, this is another guy that's another shit masculinity. This is another one. I, I know he became a pundit for a minute there. He decided to go political. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, he, he did a blog post that got deleted, but the internet never forgets. That's the beauty of the internet. So, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> I, I, I still don't, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, the thing about it was, it wasn't so much. It was like, you know, yeah, I, uh, you know, I'm cool with letting these, you know, dudes rail my girlfriend. And it was, it was like, if I remember correctly, and I may be wrong, I may have read this somewhere else, but it almost seemed to me like he was presenting that as an alpha thing because he was so strong, he didn't care. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I'm so strong in my frame that I don't care. In fact, I almost, well, if I recall right, it was not only am I alpha that I'm reframing this to make me the, the alpha of alpha. But not only am I okay with her banging other dudes, I'm actually going to send her out to bang other dudes. That's kind of how that article went. Yeah, and then you know, how, how do you, you know when you when you kiss her when she comes home, you know how much sperm do you end up with in your mouth? That's you know that's that's the thing that I've always that always bothers me. And it's it's not so much that you know I mean if you're a freak, just say hey I'm a freak and I don't care. Yeah, right? whatever. You know? and I'm going to be like all right who cares but don't try to make it out like this makes you some kind of you know uber chad because you know you're cool with all that yeah that was not a virtue no that's shed masculinity okay it's taking it's taking something that most people be like dude yeah like you said nick if he would have said you know disclaimer i'm a freak you know i i'm into kinky weird shit then everyone could have read it, and you know what? That article would have probably still been up there. He wouldn't have took it down. And nobody would have thought twice about it because there would have been the disclaimer that said, guys, I'm a fucking freak. Oh, okay, so that's your thing. It's Maybe it's not for everybody, but it, it is for you. You get off on it, whatever. To each their own, more power to you. And it would have been dismissed. But it's the fact that, no, I'm going to present it as I'm... I'm readjusting the goalposts. I'm going to tell you what is alpha. Do you know what fucking alpha is, guys? It's not only that you're okay with your girl banging other dudes, but you're going to send her out to bang other dudes. And then you're going to be on the phone listening to it or texting with her about it. Type it's of. really alpha if you go with her and you watch the whole time. <laughs> Yeah, there, there we go. This is how, hey, you know what? That's how you, the shed masculinity guys are probably taking notes right now. Because that's how you take cuckoldry and turn it into alpha. 
is not only am I fucking okay with her banging other dudes and I send her out to bang other dudes and I am strong in my frame and masculinity with her doing it, I go and fucking watch them do it. And sometimes I even beat off while they're doing it. That's how you reframe cuckoldry to fucking alpha. There you go. We weren't demonetized before. We are now. I, I don't have enough subscribers to be monetized. So oh, okay. We're I, good. Way. And even if even if I was, I don't care. It's like, I don't do this for the fucking money. I do it for the laughs, man. So. Well, I mean, and that's, you know, not to not to fluff the rule zero guys any more than I already have. But the thing I like, the thing I always liked about reading Rational Mail and and the other you know the other guys that are that are on a part of that crew was that the truths in that book are not easy some of the truths in that book are not easy to deal with they're they're hard there's some harsh reality in there now some people might dispute that it's not actually reality and that's fine you can think what you want but from my perspective you know, there's no easy resolution for for some of the stuff that Rolo points out in his book, or that Ryan points out in his shit, or that Carl points out in his, and 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 we always want to solve for X, though, right? We always want we always want the solution to work out and to make sense and to make us feel better, and that's that's the thing that I like, of, and, and that's kind of one of the things that one of the signs that. I'm probably gonna like what somebody is is talking about is because they're they're willing to just say, hey, you know, this is this is the way we evolved or this is the way we behave, and I don't like it any more than you do, but you know, but it. here it is. Yep, here it is. Gravity and gravity is gravity. Deal with it. And that's 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 the thing because there it, it always gets back to there are people that are trying to kind of be like mechanics and show you how this shit works. And then there are other people who are more interested in, you know, what model of car do you drive? What color is it? Is it red, white, and blue? You know, whatever the fuck. And those are the guys that I tend to not take very seriously because they're they're all trying to, you know, they're all trying to live in the same uh, in the same uh, you know little uh, list of virtues. And and I, I don't have time for that shit. I mean, life's too. It ties into what Chess just said. Yes. A lot of the shit never happens to some people, and the sphere is often a solution looking for a problem. Yeah. Okay, and I've seen yeah. that before. Good you point. Know, that is one of the things that. Um, here's my take. I've studied like um, suggestion, hypnosis, persuasion, especially persuasion as a category. I've studied it since like high school. Okay, uh, part of my degree from college dealt with persuasion. Okay. Most of the guys that think they're being persuasive on the internet are amateur at best because they they are they're being dumb about it, okay? They're they're using guilt, shame, beating you over the head with it. When a, a really good persuader, you never knew you were being persuaded and you think it was your idea not theirs. Okay? If you really want to watch a master persuader, watch a politician, okay? Because that's what happens what chest is talking about right here okay that they bring awareness we're gonna put you know quotations around awareness but they bring awareness to a problem even though everyone else was like i didn't know that was a thing okay but then they have the solution for it you know that oh here's this problem and gee it just so happens i have the fucking solution to the problem 
That's convenient. And watch any politician does that. Our our current president does it. Our president elect does it. Like our, breaking a window to sell a sell a window. Exactly. Or you know, or to sell a security system so that you don't get broken windows. Yeah. Okay. Oh shit! You know, Chess just brought up MRAs, and I, I got to tell you, the first time that I ever I ever saw any of those guys talk. Oh god, I, they're horrible. I got. I was like, what the fuck? You know, I I watched that. You remember that red pill movie that chick made several years ago? Yeah, I watched like half of it, and I was just like, I watched it, and it was there was there was truth in there, but the MRA response to it made me want to made me want to hit all those guys and, and yeah. call them pussies. You know, it was it was like, what what the fuck are you whining for? That's just the way the shit is. Figure out how to handle it. You know, you kind of see why. Yeah, yeah, Cassie J. That was her name, and she was she was kind of fucking hot herself. Yeah, you kind of see why the old ladies left them though. Oh yeah babies yeah yeah Yeah. i i was i was sitting there thinking you know would i drink a beer with any of these guys but no i don't know give them a cosmopolitan i would it's just uh yeah the the thing with the making shit up to just for it to be a problem that's some woman shit right there well it's like they're less effective feminists is is essentially what they end up being and that's exactly what they are and i can't like you were saying about making making problems up to have a solution that's that's like activism, you know. That's exactly what it is. And also, what it is, it's it's not even actual activism. It's it's false activism because mm-hmm. you're making a you're you're making up a problem. That's yeah, because you have a solution to sell. Yeah, whether you're making a basically an ant out of a molehill, something that doesn't happen that often, you're making it seem like a bigger deal than what it is. Right. Sell a solution. Gee, uh, who else has done that recently where, God, there's pedophiles on every street corner, <laughs> under every bed, in every closet? Uh, God, who's been doing that lately, Cernovich? You hey. know, there's just saying. Hey, look, all I know is I canceled my Netflix subscription and me and, you know, a thousand other people have effectively put a debt in the problem of pedophilia in the world because we're not paying our eight dollars to watch you know rerun movies anymore and yet you didn't make a dent in the profits of netflix whatsoever <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it's all been a fucking lie ah, shedded masculinity how dare you i think uh I think we'll stretch out to next week, but uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to let you know that the the political parties they don't they don't care about you. No, they don't. They no. never have. Like I said, and what? I've said it before and before and before. But, yeah. Who the, won the election? The, the government. The, yeah, the donkeys and the elephants they don't care about you. No, they don't. None of them ever have. None of them ever will. That's the way it is. But they make you think so, and you think it's your idea. That is master persuasion. The the shed masculinity guys doing their hyperbole and all their you know be- brow beating and shaming and guilt and all that shit. I'm not saying it doesn't work on some people because clearly it does. You know that the, some of them are making a buck doing it, but it's it's low grade. The dirty. That's how I look at it. It is. It's well. It, it's just it's low grade. It's like. Learn persuasion if you want to be better at it so that you can actually make a buck and make it more honest, I guess, instead of resorting to bullshit tactics. You can persuade pedophiles to kill themselves. That would be an awesome thing. That'd be a, a, that would be doing the Lord's work. You know, his, history is driven by economics and yep. macroeconomics 
microeconomics. You're, you're not going to you're not going to save the West unless you're not going to change the West unless the economics changes and the economy doesn't change because 500 guys got together at a Marriott banquet hall. You know, it's it just does not work like that. Now, what, well, it did work one time. It worked one time. Guys, what those guys can do, they can they can help some dudes change their lives. Absolutely, and I and I support that. But the idea that you're on this this grand crusade, this great crusade, that's going to actually change the the flow of history simply because you are promoting this kind of shit and you built your shed in the backyard and now you broadcast from there you know eight days a week that's that is that is the ultimate in wishful thinking and magical thinking almost not much it's not far removed from chick crack and woo woo you know no, it, it, I, I'm not even, I'll do you one better, Nick. It's not even that it's that far removed. It's the exact same thing. All it is is terminology that makes it different. Otherwise, it is the same exact thing. Sit here, and that's what's funny, thinking of chick crack, okay? Everyone laughs and, oh, you know, fucking crystals and, and astrology and all this other bullshit that we all laugh at. No, those silly dames. <laughs> How can they buy that? What simpletons? Okay. And yet the guys that get into shed masculinity, the guys that get into the whole save the West thing, it's the exact same thing. Just different terms, a different coat of paint. Same thing. It's magical thinking. It's wishful thinking. But boy, you know, you, they all laugh about the women, you know, that have their crystals and their their essential oils and shit. And oh my God, that how could anyone except a woman fall for that shit? And yet you're falling for the same shit. It's the same thing with a different veneer. That's all. Only, the only time, though, Nick, that that worked with the shed masculinity was whenever a group of Marines went into the basement of Tun Tavern in 1775. And they, they started making the United States Marine Corps. That's the one time it worked, though. I promise. All the other times, yeah, think about think about what was happening at that time. The yeah. hi history necessitated those guys to get together then to do that because there was real shit going down. And I'm not talking about you know people having to you know say some say some you know brutal crap on Twitter. I mean they had to, they were actually putting their lives on the line in order to in order to change something. And that's something that none of these fuckwads on the internet who who broadcast that shit, you know, that that's why that you know I, I, I'm always hesitant to say this. I'm always hesitant to say this because I, you know, because it's a complicated situation. But you know, if you want an example of somebody who actually did something to help save the West a little bit, fucking Kyle Rittenhouse, a 17-year-old who shouldn't have been in the street you know having to shoot people with his ar-15 but he was there while everybody else was home baking cookies with their kids and you know having pizza night and everything else and no shade at those guys either and i'm not and i'm not going you know i'm not nominating kyle for sainthood but he was actually out there trying to keep people from burning down buildings and everything else whereas you know people my age and and, and your age uh, we're talking, and that was it. Yep. And that's a god, and that's a goddamn shame. But that's that's the that's the harsh truth of this. 
is that you know there aren't there aren't there aren't easy definitions and easy situations that says oh yes well you know clearly you know a hundred a hundred uh, antifas were about to rape all these women coming out of church so obviously we had to descend upon them and deal with them with our swords that kind of shit that's not the way this shit goes it's just not you you know people people make a decision that all right this has gone on long enough now we're going to do something about it and they don't do it by having a by having a powwow um at a marriott it just that's just not how it works and yeah a lot of those uh a lot of the decisions when you look back at them they were made really really fast and under a lot of pressure like with that like with that kid's case there you know yeah. he wasn't playing on that stuff it just happened and it happened right. really fast. so but my you know my point has always been the police should have been out there dealing with that shit and they weren't and then the store owners should have been out there dealing with that shit and they weren't and the men in that town should have been out there dealing with that shit since nobody else would and they also weren't yep and so we so we we create we we allow this situation or these situations to occur all these great minds and all these strong men and all this other bullshit, but it's all just talk. And so this 17 year old is like, hey, nobody else is doing something about it. I'm going to go do something about it. You know, and, and Kyle Rittenhouse, you know, I don't know him from Adam. He may be crazy as a fucking loon. I have no idea. Well, but, he kind of is. I mean, he's a 17, 18 year old kid. He's young, dumb, full of calm. You know, he, he don't like thinking about shit. Is not, he but, how, but it goes back to you're, you're in a, you, you see the situation yeah. that is going very desperate just like those dudes in 1775 they were young too you know yeah they were all like in their 20s and shit for the most Who, part right somebody's got to somebody's got to do something about it or we're going to sit back and let all this shit happen and worry about it later and keep kicking the can down the road now, i'm not saying that we need to go out in the streets and start shooting people but i'm saying this situation is not one that's going to be resolved by writing books and making videos and talking and having having masculinity conferences it's just right it's, i mean it, it's so that that is just so gay <laughs> yep and so that's that's kind of the point of it is recognize it for what it is it's it's the old analogy of everybody wants to be a revolutionary until it's time to start a revolution because what happens to revolutionaries? They get killed. Everybody wants to be a revolutionary. Nobody wants to be shot. Okay. So it doesn't end like it does on Mel Gibson's The Patriot? Apparently not. No. You know, the silver screen is unfortunately a lie, Bull Rush. I know. I just destroyed all your dreams. Well, the way, the way I always put it is everybody always wants to be a pirate, but nobody wants scurvy and parrot fever and syphilis that goes untreated and you die. I mean... <laughs> You know, I mean, how like, did you get the syphilis? Is the question because you well, might have yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> damn entirely different masculinity conference right there. <laughs> the degeneracy conference, yeah, one of those yeah, things. We found out where the, where the salamanders, <laughs> and the, but boy, it was great getting it. <laughs> we found where the, that is, that is the masculinity <laughs> conference. <laughs> That your manhood burrito. <laughs> That's right. Come out, come out to the shed. We'll shed we'll some manhood burritos. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! How horrible. Ah.
But that's that's kind of the point, guys, uh, for the, the title of tonight's show is it's the idea for me. It's recognizing what I call what I'm choosing to call. God damn it. I'm choosing to call it shed masculinity, damn it. You know, because Ryan already, you know, got, bought the rights to Miller Light masculinity. So I, I'm taking one from him, but I'm I'm saying it's shed masculinity because not everybody drinks beer, which you guys are poor dumb bastards if you don't. But hey, it's each their own. So, but that's the point. It's he Ryan himself even said it a little while back. His goal is to get you guys to, for lack of better words, to learn how to think, not what to think. And when I heard him say that, or he tweeted it or something no it wasn't life altering but I was like that's it that's that's kind of what I've always wanted to do it's like you know nothing is black and white everything is a shade of gray there's nuance and context in everything what works for you may not work for someone else and vice versa and that's okay to uh, use one that I know Chest has thrown around and a bunch of the other guys from the Married Red Pill subreddit have said, you ain't shit and that's okay, all right? So there you have it. None of us are shit and it's okay. But it's the idea of learn how to think. Decide, you know, what's in this for me? How does this benefit me? What do I get from this? Before you just decide to go out and, hey, you know, this guy, I like his idea. I'm, I'm going to get on board to save the West. That How do we do that? Well, first we got to get back to Christianity. And then we got to be power dads. And then we got to put crystals up our buttholes while we're sunning them. It's like, <laughs> learn, learn how to think, guys. It's, it's so, about adaptability. Well, it's adaptability. And like I said, it's how to think so that you're not you're not just doing a knee-jerk reaction to bullshit that's on the internet you know oh gillette shit on men whoop-de-doo they weren't talking about you anyway oh well we got little girls dancing seductively well they've only been doing that for 30 fucking years but now it's a thing and there's pedophiles under every fucking rock and in every corner and every nook and cranny Guys, what are you reacting to and why? Why are you reacting to it? Because someone told you you should? Think about it. Because chances are you're being played. Your emotional response is what they, and that's the advertisers, that's the politicians, and that's the shed masculinity guys. That is the response they want. They want you off kilter, and the best way to do that is get you emotional. Whether you're angry, whether you're sad, whether you're full of pride and joy and Sieg Heil, okay? Whatever it may be, they're trying to get you emotional because then you're not thinking. Well, and you know, it's like what Jess says, that the pedophiles are always there. They just found the internet like everyone else. That's, the, yeah. the, the internet does not turn people into pedophiles. No, pedophiles you know, are pedophiles. If if I, I and I, I didn't see that show that was on Netflix everybody's talking about, and I'm sure if I would have seen five minutes of it, I would have just said, this is trash like everything else, and not, not watched it anymore and not cared. I wouldn't have watched that show and thought, you know, those, those eight-year-olds are kind of hot. You know, that just would not occur to me. Right. And, and it would not, you know, and it's, it's, 
you know, yeah, you got to watch out for your kids, but it, it's not like there is a, you know, there is a, there is a, a lizard shape-shifting pedophile behind every tree looking to pounce on your kid when he goes down the street. And if there is a pedophile anywhere, it's probably in your family, you know, that you have to worry about. And, and, you know, so, you know, watch out for your kids, but see all this shit, it, it's almost like, you know, holy, holy God, we just figured out that people need to watch out for their kids. You can always change the channel too. We, ha- we haven't been watching out for our kids for a hundred and or 300 or 500 years, 8,000 years, whatever. Now all of a sudden, oh shit, we're supposed to be watching out for our kids. Most of the guys who, who have a bone to pick, who really grind that fucking ax down, are just guys that didn't have somebody watching out for them. And that's a lot of what I think drives them. Or, or they have a solution, but they don't have a problem. It's one of the two. Like yeah, you say, yeah. it's projection. It's, I wish someone had been there to, to keep an eye on me from Uncle Touchy. That I'd say that is definitely, yeah, there's some people, absolutely. Uncle Touchy touched. And the goddammit, I don't want that to happen to anyone else. So Uncle Touchy is everywhere. But I also think in a lot of cases, it's no, I it's it's it is I have a solution, but I gotta look for a problem. And so, oh well shit pedophilia. Cause nobody likes fucking pedophiles. And so let's get everyone whipped up over it. Even though Uncle Touchy has always been a thing. Some, oh, some of these guys they need to they need to take on a healthy hard drug habit. Like a like a really healthy one. I like it. Three four hundred dollar a week coke habit. That's all you uh, need, and they would stop this shit. Or just drink alcohol. You know, do what I did and and learn hedonism. Learn to chase pleasure and have fun with that. Fuck it. But they need a hobby. They need something else to do. Chasing pleasure is not a hobby. No, I'm well sitting in a shed. Not. <laughs> <laughs> sitting in a shed is yelling. Cool. I mean, Jesus Christ! You build a shed just to just to sit in there and yell into a microphone. Go, go outside and do something. What's up, Jay? Yeah, all of Twitter is here, Jay. The, our corner is here. Our corner is here. All, all the important people are here, Jay. Yes. <laughs> and that's that's what's that's that what's that group? What's that group of that they do? Uh, it's like a group they go and they dress up in medieval uh, armor and they beat each other with swords and shit. Larpers. That's the original. That's where LARP came from. That's Live the Mitchell. original LARP right there. Oh, okay. That's the original LARPing right there. That's okay. actually that's actually LARPing. Go do that. Yeah, I was gonna say they should actually go do that instead of fucking living in a shed. Well, you know the, the way I look at it. See, it's funny because I know a couple of guys from my job. They actually get into that. They do that whole medieval renaissance fair shit and they put on armor and go beat the shit out of each other with swords and shit. And we're not talking nerf, you know, fake swords. Oh, with like actual swords. No, they're yeah. fucking real swords that they beat the shit out of each other with. And they, they try to claim, oh, this is like a martial art. This isn't LARPing. And it's like, yeah, whatever. But at least, you know what? They're not sitting in the shed talking about saving the West. They're actually getting exercise because these guys, when they go at it, they go at it hard. And it's like, so when they're done, they're fucking tired. They're fucking sore. 
they got bruises you know they beat the shit out of each other with these swords and while i still think it's kind of hilarious at the same time i gotta give them some credits like well you got your exercise in you actually beat the shit out of each other and you're not going home to get in your shed to talk about masculinity you're going home in one guy's case he's fucking his wife in the other guy's case he's waiting for his wife to let her fuck him you know but either way whatever that's what they're doing but they're not getting on the internet talking about i'm here to save the west and i have the solution to a problem that doesn't exist or, I'm, or one guy's fucking the other guy's wife while he's at live action role playing well you know what or in this case with these two guys i could see one guy fucking the other guy's wife while the other guy is watching the other guy <laughs> but well you know I, I don't know anybody who does the medieval shit but i do know a few civil war reenactors because that uh, you know in play especially down here you know there are places where that's pretty popular and that's actually kind of an interesting thing because you can learn a lot of history from doing shit like that and i think that's kind of cool but um you know I, I wanted to say i wanted to say though that uh what's his name red crusader he's my favorite favorite guy to beat up on right now um but he <laughs> He asked, he asked a really good question. He says, isn't it a survival tool to look for the next problem to fix? In our modern society, which has removed most problems, people find constructed problems to continue with their, I would say, evolved need, but whatever. Uh, I, I think he's exactly right. I think we have we have so many of the, the typical problems that used to occupy 95% of our day are solved now for the most part that I, I do think we go looking for shit to fix just because we're kind of programmed to do that and if we don't have if we don't have anything serious to worry about in in our immediate life then I think we do go look for shit like that and you know I think that's a I think that's a good point and it's kind of like the it's kind of like all those other evolved needs that we talk about you know we, we find it's like the it's like the thing that i'm always talking about about stories we're always telling ourselves stories because at one point in our in our development tens of thousands of years ago it was that level of communication and abstract thinking that helped us dominate all of the things that were trying to kill us it helped us possibly you know, kill off Neanderthals and, and other other early species of human um, because we did have that more sophisticated mental capability. And so we are all, almost everything that we do from religion to, to how we see ourselves as a parent, how we see ourselves as an employee, how we get outraged, everything else is a result of these subtle stories we're always telling ourselves about ourselves. And that's another evolved behavior or thought process that we've got that we're only barely conscious of. And it gets us into some fucked up situations and make, makes us do some stupid shit just because just because that's how we're wired and that's yeah how we're, we're, we're we're we have a solution in search of a problem it's must struggle i gotta struggle the struggle is real struggle and my legacy that's right here's the thing though it's that some people take that energy and that need and they go out and build a shed and they yell it yell into a microphone you create a fucking magazine you know, in your spare time. And you, I, I guess you're still working on that book. And uh, Rob does what Rob does. Rob does Rob's shit, you know, but he's not sitting in a damn uh, barn or a shed or a shack screaming into a microphone. No, well, I'm doing you know, it from my living room. 
No, but part of the reason that I get you know, what you I get what you mean. I think part of the reason that Rob and I are are you can call it cynical if you want. I I don't think I would call it that because I don't think that's quite accurate. But no, I call it old. We're just old. <laughs> I, I was well. I mean, it's it's like I I years ago I was heavily involved in in certain aspects of politics in Alabama as an activist, if you want to call it that. I wasn't part of any huge group or anything, but there was. There were things about Alabama's gun laws that I wanted I wanted to change. And so I did the same thing that, you know, everybody tells you to do. And I was, you know, I started calling and writing letters. To so you were an activist. Being an activist, yeah. And, and so I, I did all that shit and it, it went absolutely nowhere. I finally, there was a, we were at a Christmas tree farm looking for our Christmas tree one year with the kids. And this dude who was running for Alabama State Senate was there. And of course, some some Democrat had proposed a law against letting people under the age of 18 or maybe maybe people of any age just riding in the back of an open pickup truck. That was going to be illegal. And and that was the thing he wanted to talk about when we ran into him at the Christmas tree farm. And this guy was a Republican and he you know, insisted how conservative he was. So I just said, you know, we're a we're a May issue state as far as concealed carry goes. Most states have even abandoned that. That's some fucked up shit. We need to get some kind of Vermont carry legislation here. Because at the time, I think Vermont was about the only place that allowed concealed carry without a permit. And man, you never you never saw anybody try to change the subject and run away from me so fast. He, he didn't want any part of that. And between that and the behavior I got from the representatives that I had already been communicating with, um, you know, I realized they were, you know, they were just, they just pegged me as some crazy gun nut. And, and they didn't, they didn't want to be pigeonholed and they didn't want to do anything about it. So why the fuck was I wasting my time writing letters and calling and sending money to organizations and everything else who just didn't want to have any part of it? And you get old enough and you see enough of that shit happen and you realize that that you know for the most part writing letters and having conferences and talking and whatever else doesn't accomplish shit direct action can accomplish accomplish some shit but nobody wants to do that either so your options end up being pretty limited and violence is always a final arbiter of problem right and so there may there may become a time where where enough people like not like 1775 just have to say you know no fuck you and it's a hill they're willing to die on but most people aren't there yet and if they're not writing a bunch of letters you know it might get you some stupid law passed another stupid law but it's not really going to change anything and that's that's the thing that once you get, once you're old enough and you've just seen a lot of this shit happen, you know, that that's why old people are so fuck. one of the reasons old people are so fucking grouchy. Oh, you're fucking jaded, dude. They know that's the way that's going to go. But, it, you know, it's also like, you know, if you, if you do a lot of hunting and fishing, and I know this isn't true for everybody, but, you know, you, you, uh, you know, you, you, you kill and you quarter enough deer and you, you know, you, you clean enough fish and you, you start seeing these, you know, creatures that were living and running around or swimming around. And now it's just this big hunk of protein. And I'm part of, I'm part of nature recycling this protein for my own use so I can stay alive. And you start realizing that, you know, 
we're all just a bunch of hunks of meat and all of this all of these fantasies and a lot of <laughs> most of religion goes into this as well in my opinion mm. uh, it it's very contrary to the reality that we're a bunch of fucking meat we're a bunch of fucking protein the purpose of nature is to kill us as quick as it can and recycle our protein and that's really it and that's well, whole... nature's goal is for us to reproduce before it kills us as quick as it can yeah that's right. a, that's why I, that's it it's kind of funny whenever i see photographers take pictures of these fucking landscapes and stuff i'm just like that bitch is out there to kill you you just don't know it because you're comfortable <laughs> you know you're com- you're you're like a scratch away out in the woods from being dead you know you can get a thorn in your in your foot or your leg or something you can get sepsis Yep. It's some kind of of ridiculous, nasty, flesh-eating bacteria. Even medicine isn't going to help you. Yeah. Yeah, It's it's really stupid stuff. Like you can slip on a rock, try and go down a down a creek bed, and you can slip on a rock and and break your ankle. You know. Oh, absolutely. Then we. Even if even if religion is your thing, and and I was a religious person at one time, and and you still have to start with the reality that as far as the physical world we li- we actually live in you're just a f- fucking hunk of meat you know and and what is that what does that force you to do and what realities are you forced to deal with as a result of that to me that's always got to be the starting point and if, I think if you want to be religious and, and and all that kind of shit all right but if you're religious without reconciling yourself to the fact that there's a rea- reality out there, and if somebody wants to come stab you and take your wallet, there's no amount of prayer that's going to stop that. You know, there's no magic crystal. You know, there's only you defending your life against somebody else who's intent on eliminating it. And that's the reality. And if you don't like that reality, there's not really an alternative. Well, yeah, you don't like it. Who gives a shit? Nobody yeah. cares. The thing is, it's like, my opinion is that especially like the Christian people, I don't, I don't mean to piss them off, but you're closer to that deer than you are to God, you know? Exactly. You're more like that deer than you are to And fuck you for saying in eight words what took me <laughs> What hours took you five minutes to say. That's right. You're exactly, you're exactly right. You are closer to a deer than you are God. <laughs> That's why we have Bull Rush on the show. <laughs> God damn it. But yeah, it's because I, I grew up hunting and stuff like that, and I would go out on my own. And that's just kind of stuff you got to, you just got to kind of plan for. But even if you can plan all you want, but you never know what's going on. I stepped on a damn uh, timber rattler one day. One day. If, I, if I had not had the boots on that I had, one of its fangs got stuck in my boot. I think it was like 12 or 13 years old at the time. And uh, I lost my shit. And I, I ran home like a quarter mile all the way to the house. There's a, there's a story in the newspaper here a couple of years ago. This dude who was up at the lake with his family. And uh, he came out of the cabin and was about to grill something or maybe take the boat out. And there was, there was a copperhead sitting just right outside the door. He walked out, bit him on the ankle and he had he went into anaphylactic shock and he was dead in five minutes yep yeah that is absurd it is random it is unpredictable and so can be life yeah i mean that doesn't mean you don't plan for shit no you you plan i'm not saying don't plan but realize that a lot of shit that happens it's just fucking random and even with the copperhead that was that was not a normal reaction 
to a copperhead fight. Yeah, he must have had an allergy or something. Yeah, and anaphylactic shock, shock. That's that's an allergy. Yeah, so uh, he could have had a bad allergy to it. Mostly uh, copperheads. We got a shit ton of them around here, and they're small. And but they're they're not they're not like a one hitter quitter. When they bite you, you you got time. You can go to the hospital. You're going to be fine. But that guy there, he just it was just bad luck. Well, and you know the 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 the, the thing that I always hear people say is either. Well, it was his time to go, or God has a plan, or all this other kind of shit. And it was like, man, it wasn't his time to go. He just, you know, he got bit by a rattlesnake. It's know? called shit happens. He wasn't paying attention because it went up on rent. You couldn't pay. If but, you uh, want to, you know, I mean, you, you you weren't wearing your snake boots. I mean, whatever. You know, it's like, it's like that's just that's what nature is here to do, and and. It's just humbling, though. Like oh, if, you, if you go out there and, and like hunting stuff and doing survival kind of shit, it's very you get humbled real fast about where your place is in this world. Oh, dude, that's <laughs> that's like a, a year ago. As you think it is? Yeah, that's like a year ago when I was uh, seeing kitten, and she was like, "Hey, let's go kayaking, and then we're gonna camp out in the woods for the night." Oh, okay, cool. Fuck, we do that. We had a great time kayaking and all that shit, and. Man, when it came time to, we're pitching the tent and all that shit, we're doing it in the fucking dark, you know, by headlights from the car type of thing. And I realized real fast, wow, I was vastly, majorly unprepared. That if it hadn't have been for the fact that, hey, we've got a working car, we have we have certain things that, you know, what was I in imminent danger of losing my life? Not really. But it was humbling for the fact that here I thought I had it all under control and I had nothing under control. You came, you came close enough. Yeah, it was enough to make me realize that, man, if if we didn't have a working car, if we didn't have certain things that were there, we would have been seriously royally fucked. And it's like, whoa, that I'm was, all- you know, that's that was a wake up call to me. It's just the, just, the, just being being deep enough in the woods or in somewhere somewhere like that in nature, whether it's the desert. I've not spent any time in the desert, but I've spent a lot of time in the woods and in the mountains. When it gets to be nighttime and you're sleeping in a tent and it's quieter than you've ever experienced in your life, like the first time you do something like that, and you realize that there's nothing there but you and what you brought with you, it fucks with you. Yep. I mean, it, it really fucks with you, and and I got to where I actually enjoy it, but it it's unnerving in the beginning because it it makes you realize just how small, how unprepared, how vulnerable, and how insignificant you really are. Yeah, and that's a good experience to have, in my opinion. Yes, but I it, agree. It's not, you know, it's not like. You know, it's not like, you know, everybody has that. A lot of people have that kind of bucolic, you know, noble savage view of nature and, and all that other kind of, you know. Oh, well, yeah, but they, they haven't been long enough. It's not anybody who's actually spent time out there. There's there's so much shit that goes wrong. There's, you know, the weather changes in, in ways you never expect it to. There's just like in a desert, it can it can swing for 30 to 40 degrees from, from day to night. You can you can be at 110 degrees, 120 during the day, and then it'll get it'll get to below 32 degrees or, or lower at night with no time at all because you got to win and stuff and no trees. And then next thing you know, you're freezing your ass off. When I was in college, 
two friends of mine and I took a hiking trip up in the mountains of, of uh, sort of North Georgia, Southwestern South Carolina, really kind of the area where Deliverance was filmed. <laughs> and and we um, so we hiked up into the mountains the first day. We we made it like. We only made it like 10 or 11 miles because we were hiking straight up. And the next day we hiked about, I want to say 15 or 20 miles and it was pretty much along a ridge and there was a trail and, and everything. And then that night, the temperature dropped from, it was supposed to be in the 40s. Well, it dropped down to the low 20s and all our sweaty clothes that we had hanging in the trees to dry all froze and we had like we were not prepared for that extreme cold weather which was on us we should have been mm -hmm. um, and and so we had to make a decision are we going to keep you know because this was going to take us a, a whole week to get to the the end of the trail where somebody was scheduled to come pick us up no phones no cell phones obviously because this was the 80s no that was a warning is what that nature just gave you a warning Right. So what we decided to do is, you know, we called an audible and said, yeah, we're going to we're going to hike back and find a highway and hitchhike back to town. And, you know, fuck this shit. We're not ready to die yet. And we, we, we all knew we didn't have the skills if things got even worse to to make it through all of that. So we, you know, we called an audible on that one and, and packed on out. And, uh, you know, I still wonder if we could have made it through or not. And I sometimes kind of wish we tried, but. I don't think y'all would have made your, your clothes are frozen. That's right. Right. That's it, really. Like, if you don't have a bunch of frozen, we had, I mean, we, we, we could have, we could have survived if we just stayed in that spot. But as far as like hiking deeper in, up into the mountains when there were snowstorms and shit, because it was snowing the next day, uh, we just said, fuck that shit. And, and that was a, you're right. Nature was talking to us. And, you know, that was a good fucking lesson for me. Um, because I still kind of had that attitude, mm. like you know, okay, I got my shit in my backpack. I, you know, I'm I'm good. You know, I'm I'm uh, ten feet tall and bulletproof. And uh, nature lets you know real quick that you know you're not even close. Yeah. Yep. That's a, how high? How were y'all high up yet, or pretty high in elevation up there, or what in the mountains? I don't remember how high, but you know, we our first day we we started hiking at daylight, and we we hiked until almost dark. And it was pretty much straight up. I mean, it was uh, it was a it was a hard day of it was almost climbing. Um, Y'all did the right thing. Usually, whenever you get frozen clothes, that's a game over. You, you just go home without. that. You, you got to take the the loss and just go. Yeah. So yeah. But that taught me a lot about you know preparing for those kinds of trips and what I needed to make sure I have with me and just also just being aware that things can change at the you know on things can turn on a dime when you're deep in the in the woods like that and you know you got to you know you got you gotta you gotta always be thinking and always yeah. make choices and that's what that's what screws up a lot of people the most because if you think about it, we live in a very pretty much most people live in a very static uh society like they, they go to work they have a routine every day and you want to try to maintain that whenever you're doing when you're out in the woods but it's, very, it's hard to do that and actually if you doing that that kind of stuff can really mess you up too being in a routine mm -hmm. you'll overlook things like that snake inside that inside the grass right there next to next to your tent yeah which you're looking for and then uh it gets worse from there 
And you also have you also learn that you can't you know you can't plan and control everything, and that's the that's one of the one of the most important lessons I think people have to learn because we do live in a in a in a dynamic environment. We just don't see it that way. Yeah. And it's just like what you were saying. You know, we we see ourselves in a very predictable, static uh, uh, environment every day, and 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 we we know what's going to happen next. And because of the way we structured society and, and and our country, for most of us that that is the case, and it's a lot easier. But as soon as and this gets this gets kind of into like yeah, what Safety Doc is saying. I'm glad he's here because. This is when, you know, when chaos is part of the system all the time, we just either ignore it or it's not affecting us at the moment. It's not risk mitigation, it's risk management. It's, it's the assumption that shit, bad shit's gonna happen and you can't, you can't prevent it and you can't treat for all things all outcomes and stuff like that so what you have to do you have to basically figure out which ones are most likely to kill you and then uh, work back from there to like you know, it's when you got your water and stuff like that and when you're planning ahead of time. What's the worst thing that could happen out there given the weather and geography and terrain? And then then you work backwards from there. Hey, can we um can we uh do something about Red Crusader because he made some kind of broke back mountain joke? I think that's three strikes for him. <laughs> <laughs> Are you are you suggesting putting him in timeout? <laughs> nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, can deals with him. I, I I I deal it out enough. I have to be able to take it, so that's cool. He's a child of the corn. <laughs> <laughs> no, not what he does. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I didn't realize because uh, I've never had to do it before, but I just clicked on Red Crusader. And I have the option right here from StreamYard to put him in timeout or block him. I didn't know I had that capability before, so that's good to know. <laughs> like waking up in the morning, finding out your dick's an inch longer. Yep, something yep. like that. Where'd Nick uh, go? Good question. I don't know where he went. He just disappeared. Maybe he said, fuck it, I've had enough. <laughs> Thanks, Red. <laughs> He's already on the edge. Hormones are all out of whack. <laughs> all right, we're going to get ready to wrap it up here. Uh, hopefully, Nick comes back on here in the next couple of minutes. Um, this Sunday, December 6th, guys, if you haven't subscribed to my channel, go ahead and do so now. Um, I've got, there he is. There's Nick. Put him <laughs> back in. There's Nick. But anyway, guys, subscribe to my channel. I've got Kyo from the Failsafe coming on for the Salt Lake sit-down. We're going to be talking all things music. Why Led Zeppelin is overrated. And not to say they're not good, but they're overrated. So we're going to be probably starting off the discussion with that. And then why Metallica is overrated. And all of that stuff. It's going to be all music-related considering he and I are both guitarists, and I say that loosely, he is way better than me. But you guys want to check that out. If you're into music, if you're into music appreciation, you can rant and rave. Hell, I might even throw the link out into the chat, let some other guys come and join us. Well, there goes Nick, and apparently he's like, fuck that, you don't like Led Zeppelin, I'm out of here. So, come check us out this Sunday at noon Mountain Standard Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 
is what we're going to be doing for the Salt Lake sit down. But he and I are going to be talking all things music, probably talking about, well, I know I've got questions for him as far as uh, what got him started, what, what made him want to play guitar, that kind of stuff. So come check that out. Bullrush. Talk about your razors. What's going on with that? I have some left on the site. I'm trying to make more, but we'll see how it goes. I'm uh, I'm using, I'm experimenting with micarta for handles. So we'll let y'all know how that works. Cool. If it works or not. So I wanna, I wanna make some for myself because I have a, I have a razor, I have a blade that I, I want to put micarta handles on. So I'm gonna be my own guinea pig, and then if it works out, I'll make a couple runs of them and put them on some, on some blades for you. Nice. Very nice. Man, Nick keeps dropping out. Apparently, that is the, the way of saying that uh, we're done for the show type. There's your sign. No shit. There's your sign. <laughs> uh, oh, we're going to try this again. Nick, you're having like internet connection issues or something going on there. Yeah, my video was fine, but you guys kept... You guys were pixelated and your audio was messed up at least from what i was seeing and hearing so nah. graphics card sucks that's why that's probably what it is the graphics I, doubt it. I bet my graphics card is better than yours i don't know about that i know bull rush dumps some serious money into his graphics card. Yeah. yeah i think it's my i think it's my internet more than anything but that could be it too. either way nick what have you got to uh to shield, to push, to let anyone know what's going on with you, with Punch Riot, what's going on? All right, so the new thing with Punch Riot is we're doing this um, Punch Riot Theater, something I'm trying, and so it's going to be in the style of an old-time radio play. I expect that to drop later this month. We're working on rehearsals right now for it. Um, and uh, the first, there'll, there'll be a lot of different scripts that we try if, if there's interest. But this first one I wrote, and it's um, it's called The Case of the Missing Vaginas. And it's going to be about a 20 to 30 minute uh, radio, old time style radio play. And uh, not set back in the day. It's it's not necessarily set, you know, in old timey radio land, but it's that's the kind of production we're doing. So uh, got that coming out soon. The uh, issue twelve of Punch Riot should be dropping in about a week or so. So if you haven't subscribed to Punch Riot, go subscribe as soon as this show's over because every dime that you spend on your subscription pays the people who write all the good shit that's in Punch Riot. So. And all the funds that I get from my razors go toward progressing my degeneracy. Well, yeah, I, you know. And I like both. That goes without saying. <sighs> Sassed. What's up, buddy? So, guys, check out Punch Riot. Go and check out Bull Rush's razors. They are worth every penny. The dude is definitely selling them way cheaper than he should be. Great. Uh, so... You might want to get on that bandwagon before he sobers up and comes to his senses and like triples the price. Uh, not even kidding, okay? He's definitely underselling himself. So, and as far as like I said, come check out this Sunday. I've got Kyle from the Failsafe on. We're going to talk music. Uh, dropped my video on hedonism. If you guys haven't checked that out, give it a watch. It's kind of fun. And otherwise, guys, we'll be seeing you all next time. Yeah. See?